Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by director Elena Engel. She's an award-winning filmmaker who's worked with Disney, Warner Brothers, Amblin, PBS, and the UN, among others. I had her on the show today to talk about her latest documentary short film, John Leguizamo, Live at Rikers. The film is about actor John Leguizamo, who performs his play, Ghetto Clown, at Rikers Island Prison, inspiring justice-involved young men to reflect openly about their own lives and the serious challenges of incarceration. The film will be screening today at the Tribeca Film Festival, June 12th, as well as Tuesday, June 14th, and Thursday, June 16th. If you'd like more information about where you can get tickets, I'll go ahead and include a link in the show notes. I had a great time chatting with Elena, and I definitely recommend you checking out this film. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey. How are you today? Good. Where is, let me just get you here. Uh, can you hear me or can any of you record? Continue. Continue. There you are. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> nice are to you? see you. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you. I'm so excited. I would imagine. Yeah, that's kind of the first thing. This has to be a pretty exciting uh, time for you right now with um, Tribeca and everything going on. How, how are you feeling? Yes, I feel, I don't know. I'm sort of numb. I, I think that we, <laughs> I feel like I've been preparing for this for years. Um, and I'm, I think that uh, everything will be fine. And, <laughs> you know, and I haven't public, you know, with COVID and everything, like who's public speaking anymore? You know, it's been a long time since I've been in front of an audience, but I trained as an actress. So maybe something will kick in. I'll remember something when the time comes to talk about the film and I won't forget like anybody's name. And, you know, I have to call out everybody that's, that's there, you know, and, and uh, you know, so it, it'll be great. It'll, it'll, it'll be fun. and you know, we just hope that, you know, people love the film, you know, that's, that's, or even like it. I mean, like is okay, but you know, just, that well, really- I, I really enjoyed the film. I, I would go as far as say, yes, I love this movie. It was something oh, that at the end, it's a short run at the end of it. I was actually wanting a little bit more of this. Could you talk a little bit about um, how this came together and sort of where you ended up deciding to do this film this as, um, in this length? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to keep it as my son says, less is more, you know, um, <laughs> thanks a lot. Now you can do the interview. <laughs> so when, it's really hard because I have a lot to say. Say it all. Say it all. Don't, don't feel, okay, just go. Yeah. You're fine. So, first of all, I have to ask you, is this videotape going to be used? As just video? so that we can see each other. I only oh, use the audio oh, for oh, it. Oh, thank God. So if I have to read something, we're cool. Okay. You're fine. Um, yeah. I just want to be able to remember. Yeah. I mean, I, at its conception, and this is a very this is a very personal story, yeah. um, and it was inspired by somebody who's very close to me uh, in my family who was arrested and imprisoned for a nonviolent offense um, that you know three months later became legal in the state that he was in. But it really, yeah, but it really you know changed. Oh my God, it was it was horrible. It changed the trajectory of his life, yeah. our lives, our family's life, um, you know, and, the, you know, and once these guys, the, the, the whole point being that once these guys get out, they're still being shunned by society. It's not, you don't stop being a felon just because you, you get out, which is why I wanted to make this film because I mean, his harsh experience, um, you know, did change us. And um, it, it just forced me to recognize, the lack of human consideration and dignity in the American justice system. 
And, um, and even though, you know, I was powerless to change his fate, I still felt that, you know, there was a possibility of offering up in this film um, a, a different and a more empathetic and hopeful perspective for all justice involved young men and women. I mean, you know, I would have loved to have included that, but there we went. We, um, I met John. I mean, you probably want to hear about that, how I met John. Well, no, no, no. That, well, okay. So that's the, the piece of this film. It's actually the surprise here is yeah. that it, that's the thing that gets you in the door, but it's yeah. really these interactions with these young men are the real meat of this film to me. It's oh, those yeah. are the moments that really, that give me goosebumps when I think back over this. So yes, that's, that's where it's those scenes that I really dug into and really was just, they were powerful. You hit it on the nose. I mean, that, that is really what we, it wasn't supposed to be an advertisement for John's play. He had already done Mm -hmm. that before, you know, it wasn't supposed to be that, Uh, but, but there, there were, if you could say there were two things uh, at the top of our minds. So John and I were both advocates with an organization called Getting Out and Staying Out, which mm. is an anti-recidivist organization housed in, in, in Harlem. Um, my whole entire family got involved mm. with them and John was involved because his wife is best friends with the, with the, the daughter of, and he says this in his interview, so I can share this, um, of the man that started his name uh, is Mark Goldsmith. And um, just, he was a, a retired uh, corporate CEO, and um, he started mentoring at Rikers Prison, and he realized, you know, these guys need their dignity, and they need to be supported in some way so that they don't go back to prison. And uh, because, you know, specifically three quarters of them when they get out, it takes it takes three years, and they're back in. Um, so he started GoSo, and John and I were involved, and I met John at a party, and I said, did you ever have you, have you ever gone to Rikers? And he said, yeah. He said, I went and they threw me into the basketball court and there was no acoustics and nobody could hear me except for the Spanish, the guys that speak Spanish in the front row. And he said, and he said, it was miserable. And I said, I said, well, you want to go? Let's go. I'm a filmmaker. I spent years in Hollywood. Let's go. And he said, cool, let's do it. So I went to, um, took me almost four months to DOC uh, here and and finally they realized how famous he was and they said oh, okay um, many meetings you know many people I can't even like to visit that experience again I don't want to anyway so we ended up um, getting permission from them to perform in the George Motion I think it's called Detention Center which houses um, uh, justice involved young men between the ages of 60 at the time between 16 and 23 I believe who are waiting for sentencing or their court dates or whatever. Anyway, long story. So uh, they said, yes, you can do it there. We only, we've only ever had officer graduations in this space, in this theater, Um, you know, and, and it was amazing. And we, we um, went in, we were there for a few days. Um, There were only two women on the crew and um, including myself, the director. And I had just the most brilliant, talented group of people mostly guys uh working with me who like you know they work on feature films and they just cared about the subject so much and of course being with john and all of that was very probably more enticing than it was to be with me because who knew me you know at the time but we went and we did it and the idea was number one to to get back to your question number one was to entertain 
and with John's performance because he's funny. Yeah. He's funny. Some people don't think so. I think he's very funny. Um, and I, I, he's great. He's great. He's yeah. John. He's I, John. Yeah. He's so For, real. You know. To, to me, funny. freak is pretty much undeniable. If you, if you, yeah. it's just stop. Come on. <laughs> Stop! You know, freaked his father out. That's for sure. (laughs) He really, I mean, had any relationship with him. I think he was alienated at that point. (laughs) He talks about that actually. But he, um, so he, he performs. You know, we went, we had a rehearsal. We came back the next day, and um, so there was the entertainment factor. Um, which I thought would be just like lovely for audiences anywhere, you know, in the yeah. film, whatever to see, and very relevant to what these guys think about the themes of their lives, you know, um, and and we call it like accessible storytelling because they can relate to his the adversity in his life, his challenges, and at the same time we can talk about. Um, education, emotional support, and employment, which are the three magic things in the formula that gets them back to being citizens or into being, you know, productive people in the world. And that's what GOSO does. And a lot of other organizations do too, but but GOSO was the focus. So there was the entertainment factor. And then, you know, um, there was John, you know, uh, discussing these themes with the guys and I have to tell you I, I, get, I get emotional every time I see the film because I know how many hours I had to like work through um, so many beautiful responses uh, John called me up from London when he saw the rough cut which was an hour long and he was he said I cried you know and I showed it to my wife she cried this is just this is really but I knew that I couldn't tell the whole story so we had to be selective um, and and purposeful in 27 minutes. You heard that that whole adage: if I had more time, I'd write you a shorter letter. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's yeah, yeah. what happened. It was a lot of editing, <laughs> let me tell you. And um, and I have to give credit to a particular individual. Well, several, but uh, Ben Konigsberg, mm-hmm. please. He you know he is uh, a real up and coming filmmaker. He himself has been a professional actor he was in ladybird he's he's done a lot of features um tim blake nelson new york he you know he's just yeah he's an incredible incredible talented guy and he had a lot to do with the story editing um and pulling the pieces together and along with a number of us brad allgood the editor and abigail fuller myself you know we 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 worked as a team um so then uh it was really you know he was telling these guys don't hide behind the truth you know um you don't have to hide behind the truth you can tell your truth and to me when i watch what he did in terms of his conversations with these guys was them opening up like flowers to to him and he be, suddenly became them and not the actor there was not an inch of artifice in his being you know and there was so much empathy that he had for these. He, he could relate. He was arrested. You know, he was, yeah. he, he had a hard time. So, um, and he really cares about them and their kids. Like he says to me, Elena, they're just children. They're just children, you know? So anyway, um, yeah. Uh, we just wanted to support the, these GOSA participants you know, they are demonized, you know, even after fulfilling their debt to society. 
we wanted to make a film that depicted them receiving dignity and highlighting the importance of uh, you know this this highly successful organization that provides them with opportunities for you know for improving their lives and it really works. I mean, the percentage is just so low of this group, but they they I think they reach something like six hundred or eight hundred. Uh, guys a year um even the ones that go upstate you know mm-hmm. to end up going upstate to prison the moment they go into uh their you know their prison uh um life um goso comes to them and says write us an essay about why you want to be involved with us and they do and then they're accepted and they get the support all the way through. So they know when they come out, if you go to the uh, the office, I've spent so much time in Harlem with these guys and they, they have a place to be, you know, they have a club, they have, you know, John has done theater with them. Um, uh, 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 what's her name? Sylvia. Uh, what's the theater? Syl- Sylvia Young, not Sylvia Young. That's in London. Um, I'll think of the name in a minute. I lost. I lost it. Uh, their teachers that come down and work with them. They were writing plays about their experience, and um, and and my idea for this film was not supposed to be this short film. I'll be really honest with you. It was going to be a longer feature, and it was going to be how the arts can change people's lives. And I still want to make that film, maybe, although I'm exhausted. Um, but I still, I would still love to make that film, you know. But I think it, it needs to be made. It, need, I think that, it needs that, to be made. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, because yeah. it's this is, um, you know, you, you touch on a lot of things that really hit home to me because I, I think back over my life and all the choices I've made, all the really bad, stupid, impulsive things, and it's just sheer providence that I didn't end up going down one of these paths. And most teenagers, they do stupid things. And it's just a question of whether you got caught. And if you got caught, you had the support system that let you get away with it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't have that support system, if you're not able to buy a good lawyer, you're not able to do these things, you just, you go down this path. And then you double down on that. The number of kids that this starts with, you know, a marijuana bust, something that's legal. And I live in Arizona. It's legal here now. But there's people that are in jail that you pass by every time I go down the freeway that are sitting in there from charges from before that they, if they were caught with this today, would never have been a thing. And it's, there's no justice in that. And then I'm I'm not an expert by by any means, but I know that's not fair. And when when they get out there, they start in debt. The, the way that our probation system works where they have to pay back the state for these right. things, for these fees. And then if they then miss they one probation, it's yeah. just, it's absurd. The way these, the recidivism rate is so high because of the system and the way we don't set them up to succeed. We push, we put our you know boots on their throats and and dare them to do better. And it's a miracle. It's a, a miracle. If anybody it's doesn't. It's crime in and of itself, isn't it? Yeah. You know, other countries like in, in Norway and Sweden, and they, they put them in enclaves or yeah. communities where they have to participate and, and cook their own food. And, you know, John and I, one of John's favorite stories that he'll remember is uh, these kids at one point, we were taking a break from one of the discussions and there were these kids that were in a room and they put out this miserable, horrible food and they called John and I in and they wanted us to eat it. And it was like green and blue hot dogs, you know. It was just like the most disgusting stuff you can imagine. And John still, he looked at me, I looked at him and I said, 
you know, come on. When in Rome? I, come on, when in Rome, you know, it was really, and that was the kind of thing that mattered to them. And, and at the end of the, um, uh, another story, just a little anecdote, at the end of the shoot, um, two of the kids that were working in the flower garden, they were raising flowers and vegetables and stuff. And they came in and they had cut off, um, why do I get so emotional about all this? They cut off the the Coke bot, these Coke cans mm-hmm. and turned them into vases. And then they took some of they cut some of the flowers and they presented them to me um, and to Abigail, actually, who was there. And, you know, they were just being gentlemen, right? And of course we burst into tears. And and at the end of the shoot, we were sitting out, John and I were sitting on a wall, and I looked over and he had like my flowers. I said, wait a minute, what do you, he said, they gave them to me. I said, no, John, those were for me. Those weren't for you. Give those back. You know, and we like had this fight over these flowers, <laughs> um, but they were okay. And, you know, like you couldn't go to the bathroom without five guards. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a really phenomenal experience to be in that realm. Um, and that's why I wanted that last scene where they're walking out, you know, and, you know, John's John and all of us, we're going home and they're going back to their cells. You know, that is reality. That's the reality. I want an empty theater. It's never going to happen again. Or if it does, you know, it'll be unusual. And, you know, Benjamin at the end says, thank you for giving us a little bit of love and, and, and laughter in a place. And I saw John do this in a place where laughter is not often heard. You know, and and so the arts, you know, the story aspect of it, I have always felt like that's how we reach people that um, are are struggling with adversity. You know, that's how they can discover the different sides of themselves as opposed to what they're stuck in. Yeah. You know, and, and the main message being, you are not just the mistake that you made in your life. You are none not, of us are. None, none of, of us, us are. Right. Like your, your, your struggle I, there before the grace of God go, we, you know, I did stupid things too. How did I yeah. get away? How did we all get away with it in our generation? You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm 46 years old. I was, uh, I was a teenager in the nineties. It was a, yeah. it was a much different time. Back then. A much different time. Definitely. Especially in the Southwest. I'll tell you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, so that's, you know, hopefully it gives a positive portrayal of these guys. And it does. They can be a contributing members of, their community. And, and I, I just hope that um, the truths that they voice, you know, um, will inspire audiences to look into the subject with a little bit, a little bit more understanding, you know, um, to, to understand the emotional and social issues of incarceration and recidivism. And if it, if it sparks that interest, then I think we've done our job um, because I'm telling you, and you you experienced it watching. It's just the richness that comes out of these people when they have the opportunity to share their voice about what matters to them most. It expands their self esteem. We saw it. I saw it, and and John saw it. Everybody who worked on this film saw it, and it was beautiful. And it just made it just convinced me that that. It, we need to talk about it more. 
you know, in each there, job. There's something that's, um, there's really powerful in being heard. I think all of us, if we feel like we're not being heard, that our voice doesn't matter, that it doesn't carry weight, that can be devastating. And you you talked about the idea that these young men have to write an essay saying yeah. why they should be doing this. And even that process, there's several men, I'm sure there's dozens, hundreds, thousands of men that could be presented with that. And while they desperately want it and need that, they would have no idea how to express themselves in a way through an essay to say why they should be deserving of this opportunity. And we, I think we need to look at this. And at the very least, we can all look at this issue with our prison system and say, it's broken. We have to start trying different things. And the arts should be a part of that. You know, there's a, there's another film that's playing at Tribeca this year. It's called uh, chicken. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that or not. And it's, uh, a, yes. Yeah. The, it's guy about, called me, the, 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 one of the producers uh, called me about it, right. It's a student. Is he, a, is he, is he, he, a, he was a student at NYU. NYU, and right, yeah, right. He, it's yeah. a, it's yeah. a film that's about, and it's based on his real experience. So, but it's a, oh. you know, fictional film, but it's based on something that really happens where they, give chicks to these prisoners and it's something that they raise them. And these young men, they start end up like needing the chicks to go to sleep at night and they, they, you know, request to keep them and they have something other than themselves that they're taking care of. And it's just, it's seeing something beyond yourself and beyond your, I don't know, your own struggle and your own limits that counts on you. That's something that's so important and so powerful and something these young men and women don't have and anything we can do to give them that opportunity we should be doing. We have to, because, um, you know, it's got to be practical. I mean, if they come out on the streets and they can't make a living and they can't get work and the other enemy in this whole process of recidivism, I think is the internet. Okay. Once a felon, always a felon. If you want to get a job, I mean, before the internet, I'm sure people who came out of prison had an easier job of uh, easier time of, of getting work and getting themselves back. They have families. You know, a lot of these guys had that in the film had children. And as I said, and, and families that they have to support, what are they going to do? They're going to go back on the streets and deal drugs again, or get involved in activities that are just not legal. And um, because what else do they know? What else is being offered up to them? You know? So um, yeah. yeah, therapy chicks. I think that's so cute. Therapy chicks, so like therapy dogs, and mm-hmm. you know, it's great. I mean, it's really all of that is is so helpful. It takes you, like you said, out of your head and out of your own problems, away from your own problems. And um, and I think that's what acting does as well. You know, I think uh, uh, what's Tim? What's his name? The the actor, wonderful actor who has he has a he was married to Susan Sarandon. Oh, uh, the Tim. Oh, Tim. No, why, why do I have Tim Burton in my head for I some reason? I was just about to say Tim Burton. Tim it's, Burton is um, and, then, and then you said Tim Blake Nelson earlier, so I have that in my head yeah, also. Yeah, but it's uh, Shawshank Tim. Redemption. Why? Shawshank Redemption, Tim. Okay. Anyway, him. Um, <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> I know. Me too. I mean, it's happening. It's just happening. Um, so he has a program in California. And I've been talking to them as well, too, if I if we make a bigger film, uh, I mean, a longer film about that. But he's been running an acting program in the prisons in California. And what comes out of that is just astonishing because these guys have to take on characters that they would never imagine or think about. And the empathy that it's required, you know, 
Mm -hmm. to be be doing that is so therapeutic for them. It gives them a perspective that's not so selfish about them, you know, that's just focused on themselves. And I'm, I'm fascinated by that. Really fascinated by that. Well, there's something about when you can process things at an arm's length, that's incredibly powerful. Um, yeah. Horrible actor. Tried it, did not work out. But <laughs> well, you the got I- the looks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. you the, the idea of performing somebody else's words, though, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. saying something and dealing with something emotional in that way, where, right. no, this isn't me, I'm representing somebody else, but you have to convey it in a way that's honest. So you're internally finding your own way that you relate to the material, right. but it's you're safe. You're not as vulnerable to do this in a way because it's somebody else's words. You're not up there giving a monologue about your life. You're performing a scene. And there's something that's so powerful in that. And I I would imagine that just has a profound effect on people. And it's that it could be playing music for other people. It could be, you know, reading for other people. It could be making a short film for somebody else. But I think we have to, if you're engaging in creativity, that's what saved me honestly it's being engaged with my creative side if i don't have an instrument that i'm playing or something like this if i'm not talking to artists i feel lost so i have to it's just it's yeah and i know know that about myself and i think that it's i it's difficult for me to understand people that don't have that connection to it yeah and so i know i know well you know i just remembered as you were talking you you triggered it's stella adler and stella adler yeah yeah so what happened, I kept shooting for the rest of the year, pretty much. And John had written a book, um, Autobiographical Anecdotes. And we had a group of GOSO clients, we call them clients, and they had come out of prison and they were, they were, being, they were working with um, the organization. And we got them down to Stella Adler and we started training them as actors. And John would come, John came in a couple of times and I just shot like crazy. So I've got like all this footage and it was phenomenal. These are guys, some of them couldn't string two sentences together very well. And the, the, the outcome of all of that is that we had a fundraiser and, um, you know, they, they, they butchered John's stories, but it was okay. They didn't, they ended up doing really jumping like on the sidelines going, could you giving them direction? Could you do this? And they ended up going to, um, do this fundraiser and they performed they went from prison to performing in front of 500 people wow here in new york city and they were fabulous they were just um they were just fabulous you know that yeah that's so and you can find that um with people sometimes where it's the where it's not professional there can be something that's really raw where they don't have the toolbox that they're able to lean into all the time. And you can recognize it where you're like, Oh, I see what you're doing there. I've seen you do that before. I, I know what you're up to. I, I know you tilted your head. I know what you're, that's a shortcut. I, I see what you're doing, but people without yeah. that can end up being far more honest in a way that's uh, really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like born, born, uh, you know, born actors and method actors, I guess is what I'm trying to say in a way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's been a journey, um, and I, you know, we're um, we're getting a lot of attention from other festivals and things like that. Good. Do you? Rebecca was the was the prize to me. You know, this is a New York film, so yeah, that's a New York film. It's I mean, you don't get much more New York of an actor than John Leguizamo. 
<laughs> no, they love him here. He's like the, you know, the, the spokes, the actor spokesperson for New York City. You know, and he loves it. Here, too, so, you know. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope. Boys crack.